and then if you can give me a clap in three, two, one. Uh, wow. <sighs> Pardon me. Sorry, I just had to get it out of my system. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how I feel about that. Hello, it's new and old, and welcome to Anime Against the World, where I, Sam, and my good friend Will chat about the world of anime or about the world at large. Will, how are you this I'm week? I'm very good, thank you, Sam. It has been so long. Can we just can we just call out the elephant in the room? Um, this is the first time recording in a long, long time, and um, we haven't published in a long, long time. And I'm sorry for all of our devout yep. listeners. Um, if you want us to record more regularly, you will have to share the podcast more because at the minute the incentive is just, just not there. You're just going to have to drop those five stars like, as much... You're just going to have to like <laughs> bring it in. Bring that energy. Bring the comments. Bring the, the, the shares, the likes, everything. Yeah, which I know. I... <laughs> on loop every new yeah. episode for 24 hours. Just get it we going. We realize that um, this is kind of a, 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 like a... a What's the, what's the word? Um, a catch twenty two because if Cheap. we're not if we're not if we're not <laughs> publishing episodes, there's not really enough for you to listen to. But regardless, we've got a backlog. Just just share it with people. Tell them that if enough people listen, just hit we'll play. Put your phone in another yeah. room. It's Christmas time. It's holiday yeah, season. It's fine. Multiple devices. Put it away. Put it away in a drawer. Go and go and spend some time with yeah. your family, but leave us on in exactly. the background. It's on a win win. Zero volume. We want less stream time for pe- time for people anyway because it's. It's, exactly. it's not good for you. You know, we need to get rid of that blue light and that um, doom scrolling. So lock your phone away, but leave the podcast playing. It, it's win-win. But leave yeah. us in the background. Spend it with family. <laughs> That's what Christmas is for. At the end of the day, Christmas is for being with family and helping us with our podcast. Or your friend on the other side of the world recording a podcast that nobody Absolutely. listens to. Um, oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, can we have some um, Santa sleighs uh, bells in the in the um, in the background? Today, today, Sam, Absolutely. we are talking. Um, we're, we're, look, it's Christmas, so we're going to talk about a lot of random stuff at the end. What we've been watching, a bit of a catch up because um, we haven't spoken in a while. Uh, well, we have. We've been playing D and D, but that's another story altogether. We have, um, which is taking all of the podcast yeah, time. Literally, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, two, two, two like four-hour sessions with Sam in a week is quite intense when we've got full-time jobs as well. Um, but, but our main simply can't be handled. <laughs> our main bulk of the episode is going to be unpicking Godzilla minus one or Godzilla um, uh, or Godzilla. Godzilla. Yes. Um, Godzilla. Yes, that. What Sam said, and um, yeah, because we've both seen it, and I, uh, off the bat, I wanted to say that. This was a bit random. My friend at work saw this because he's got Odeon um, Unlimited as well. And he's, he's a big film buff. Right. He's just moved into the city and he wants... He, he, he basically, I think, he doesn't know many people. So his, his one hobby is like going to the cinema and he's, he can get there easily. Mm. It's, it's free, you know, in inverted col- co- commas because he's paying monthly for it. It's a subscription, subscription thing that he's got, and he, it's, he's not having to pay for the, each ticket exactly. individually. He can pretend that he's got it all. So he's free. been to quite like, a few films, that, and he's it. giving recommendations like, you should go see Godzilla. And I was like, you know what? I'm thinking about it anyway because of the podcast. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect. I w- didn't ha- look into anything at the beginning, and I had no idea it was Japanese. I had no idea. Oh, mm. It's Godzilla. But do you know what I mean? I, I, didn't, I didn't know whether it was an American version. <laughs> it, it, it's or subtitled in English. It's subtitled. Japanese language, didn't, audio. I had no idea about any of that. So I went in completely blind. And yeah, that's what we're talking about. Amazing. Super. So to get us started then, Will, um, 
what I'd like to know from you is what's your history with Godzilla so far? I mean, what have you consumed? We obviously have this franchise that's gone back almost 70 years or so now. Like, it first came out, I think, in the late 50s mm. um, with rubber suit actors stomping through cardboard cities of uh, Tokyo. Like, what do you know about Godzilla outside of what we've done on the podcast and what's your general exposure to this atomic level kaiju okay so um i I think for for the most part it's what everyone else has experienced it's things like uh family guy memes and sort of references in uh, background of the yeah yeah references in other movies and other shows um basically being used as a uh, an adjective or a metaphor for anything huge it's like god it was like a godzilla you know it's it's just this um behemoth Mm. this mammoth of a thing that um you could use as a as an exem- exemplification of something absolutely gargantuan. Um, and then we have um, we watched. What did we watch? We watched one on for the podcast. One of the animated ones. We watched Godzilla Singular yes. Point. Yes, which I don't believe we actually saw Godzilla in, did we? Uh, we saw a bunch of the other yes. monsters, and we saw Godzilla's skeleton. I think at the yes. end of uh, one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I have seen. <sighs> See, I know there's all these like Godzilla versus Kongs and stuff, and I've seen, I'm sure I've seen some of them. I don't, they all blur together. Um, yeah, the the new the new MonsterVerse by Legendary Pictures. So th- there was the 2014 film, which was just Godzilla, where he was almost hidden from view for most of the film. Uh, Brian Cranston yep, was yep, in yep. it. Um, yeah. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, they were there. <laughs> and that kind of kicked things off. And then the second film was just, okay, what if we got into fight like 50 guys? Yeah, I, there's one with a giant like moth thing that lives in a volcano. That was the second yeah. one. That was King of the yeah. Monsters. Seen uh, that one. Which had Mothra, mm. uh, who came out, and, and uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed dragon who he fights at the end. Right. And for, like, the a lot of just CGI monsters. And then there was... Oh yeah, so much, so much, so yeah. much, um, and then obviously the the Kong franchise got dragged into it as well with um, Kong Skull yes. Island serving as a prequel for then the team up slash we're gonna punch each other for a bit and then we're mates. Um, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, which was well one of my favorite. Can movies I just of like the past? Can we just years. touch on that then? Because uh, in the in the in the trailers for this film, we got the uh, introduction of. Kong Godzilla or Godzilla Kong? Co- Godzilla X Kong, yeah. a new empire, where at the very end they're both sprinting towards the camera and it looks it looks awful. I'm gonna be their day yeah. one. It's, it looks <laughs> it looks so like mental. What if we got a what if we got a bigger Kong? Over the top like what is this logic? Yeah. What if we got an orangutan? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's that's on the horizon. Um, but anyway, we, we digress. Uh, what, what, so that's basically my experience. Very limited, but okay. uh, as everyone on the planet has heard of Godzilla, um, Godzilla, then mm. uh, I think Godzilla. I think it's uh, yeah a little bit more than that just because of the exposure on the podcast. What about you, Sam? I, I think you've seen probably every property. Oh yes, every single one, right from the very beginning. Uh, I'm a Godzilla expert. No, no, no. Um, I first exposure to Godzilla was the I think the 1998 American mm. film with Jean Reno and Ferris Bueller as Ferris the main Bueller? No uh, way! Is, yeah, Matthew Broderick is I, that his I name? Genuinely don't know. Um, Love that film though. And 
yeah, so I watched that film. That was my, I think it was like maybe a Channel 4 thing on a I'm Thursday afternoon what, after what, school. So 1998, you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's widely regarded as the worst piece of Oh, I remember the uh, poster. Th- I remember that poster. Yeah. That is like iconic. That has thrown me back. It was, yeah. Yes. And this was, and this was meant to be like the, the big break for Godzilla to bring the franchise to the, the US and the West and beyond. And it was just bad. Mm. It was just really bad. Like, I think nowadays going back to it, there's a, a lot of campy fun to be had with it. But... <laughs> It was. It had this reputation of being such an awful film that actually, in the Japanese Godzilla canon, called Godzilla Final Wars, I think maybe in the mid two thousands, there's a specific scene where they summon a bunch of Godzillas from different time periods, and this Godzilla from the American version is summoned and immediately killed by the current Godzilla by throwing it into the Sydney Opera oh, House. Wow. And even that oh, wow. clip, out of context, is legendary is that is that is that in is that because this one was particularly weak or because they just hated it so much they wanted to show that in cinema form (laughs) i think there's a a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b there because it looks Um, massive like it was huge wasn't it oh no it's not that big it's building size he's not that tall he's like he's maybe skyscraper but the oh no we had this conversation i'm sure we've had this conversation because a lot we were looking at the size comparisons of of different stuff um and like yeah yes. the the poster art is very misleading yeah it's like there's there's a bunch of different scales for godzilla so like this godzilla is on the smaller scale and then actually in reality he was only maybe a couple of hun- maybe 100 meters yeah. tall but then the new godzilla is like 300 meters tall and it's like it dwarfs and there's a planet sized godzilla um so yeah that was my first exposure to it and then from there Similar to you, just through memes and and background jokes until Godzilla 2014. And then I got a really vested interest in the history of Godzilla. And I really wanted to kind of dig into it more. I've not gone into the old stuff, but everything post-new American Godzilla, I've been really kind of up up on. So there's Shin Godzilla, directed by Hideki Anno, which is the guy who directed Evangelion. Um, He rebooted the japanese godzilla with this great teardown of of japanese governmental systems and this wonderfully bizarre version of godzilla that we've never really seen before and then there was um the rest of the monsterverse that kicked off we watched for the podcast godzilla singular point which was this anime take on turning godzilla into this like time traveling end point of all of reality that's then not what I remember. Netflix from it. movies. Oh, oh, I remember it being a mecha. No, it, it, uh, yeah, no, there's a mecha part of it as well. There's a big mecha AI that connects to time by the end of it. It's a lot going on okay. in that show. Okay. Um, and then there's another um, series of movies that came onto Netflix about Godzilla being like this world eater, and like it was done by a 3D studio called Polygon Pictures, and that was there. So. I've been fairly on top of it, and when Godzilla Minus One came out, I was like, oh, it's another reboot. It's not carrying on from the last Japanese Godzilla, which was Shin Godzilla, but it's redoing it, and it's coming with this idea of, okay, if Japan's already at zero, and then Godzilla turns up, how do they fight it? So for those who maybe haven't seen it yet or are on the fence, Will, what is the meaning of that title minus one and how does that relate to what's happening in this film? Um, 
whilst you sent me a very sexy picture of Godzilla. I just <laughs> I was just scrolling images of Godzilla and then this 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 Why is he why is he standing like that? <laughs> He's just asserting dominance, hands on him. He's a Bipedal. I mean, Godzilla is bipedal anyway, but he's standing upright with his big um, oversized tail sticking out the back, and he's standing hands on hips, very dominant. Um, would it would it um, would it help if I explained that this photo was from Fur Affinity? Oh God, Will! <laughs> you do not know the dark magic you are summoning by saying that name. <laughs> Do not go any further. I warn you now. I've clicked off it. This is old internet magic. Um, Anyway. You're one click away from being scarred for life. Listeners, do not go there. (laughs) I'll go there there, so you don't have to. Um, So God, uh, Godzilla minus one. Yeah. So like you say, um, it's when Japan is at its weakest, one of its weakest moments in history. Um, it's been decimated and weakened by the World War Two, and we join our main character, um, who is called Sam Koichi. Koichi, um, and he is um, a kamikaze pilot from the Second World War who has um, basically he, he has managed to avoid kamikazeing and ha- has returned to Japan post World War Two to the ruins and has to sort of basically start again knowing that his mm. um, reputation has kind of been smeared through the mud because of the shame of not fulfilling his one role in the war which was to die an mm. honourable death in the name of Japan um, yeah and right off the bat I think it's worth saying that this isn't for me a Godzilla movie it is a story of humanity and um struggle yep. and char- it's following these these characters or this character in particular um as as he as he ventures through um troubles and hard times and comes out the other end um uh, by the way full spoilers from here on out actually let's we can we can talk generally about it for a little bit if you want yeah let's do general then into um into specifics and not that there's much to spoil i guess just the, the specifics of of mm. how the ending goes down but, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting that you said that this is a story of um of humanity and the human characters mm. i i wanted to ask if we took godzilla out of this movie mm-hmm. do you think it works as yes. well if, if if it was just a yeah. okay great. absolutely i think Tell me why. Um, uh, what's what's the main guy called again? I've forgotten already. Uh, Koichi. Koichi. Yes. Um, so I think um, Koichi's struggles it, it, it are that of a real person in these situations. You know, that he's not a hero. Um, he, as the movie progresses, he shows signs of him wanting to be one and wanting to do the right thing. And he's sort of, but a lot mm. of it is just he's he's a, a regular dude who's found himself in horrible situations and has has to make ridiculous choices in the moment and often opts to just save himself and then he has to live with those consequences um yeah. which by the way all of his decisions i think are justifiable um for the most part Absolutely. i don't think there's anything that anyone would judge him too harshly on but in movie terms they they feel like it like you're watching a movie where a guy doesn't um doesn't fight back against a monster and, and, and loads of people die where a guy 
um, wants to run away and flee rather and, 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 and let the monster attack Japan rather than stand and face it. And these are sort of qualities of characters that are often shunned and um, put down and, and, and left to uh, nefarious characters and, and less, less uh, main character um, people. So... Mm. They're usually the one that the main character derides or, or the main character has to inspire to do better. Yeah. But here, this is our point of view character. This is the guy that we're following the whole time. And I think you're exactly right. I don't think with a, with a realistic lens, you could blame him for any of the decisions that he chooses to make. He wants to live. He wants to escape. He doesn't want to put himself at any more risk than he wants to be at. And watching him slowly come to terms with his like his core beliefs and having other people accept that's who he is but also him acting in a way to try and help and to overcome that weakness mm. not necessarily by becoming the self-sacrificial badass like we would see in a western film but finding another route mm. i think is really powerful of the film to to try and show so when he yeah, I mean, I, what you're sort of talking about there is the fact that he meets Noriko, I'm guessing, and that he, mm. they then become this little family. It's a makeshift family, and he does, it, he takes her in. And again, a lot of it is happenstance and just circumstance that, like, they, they appear in each other's lives, and it works out best for both of them to sort of, he needs that that human contact, and, and everybody else, like, we see the neighbour sort of shun him and hate him for mm. uh, abandoning the country's war efforts and Noriko doesn't know that she doesn't know his backstory she just sees him as this guy who has a is willing to help to a certain extent and 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 put some trust yeah. in him and he rises to that occasion and we see that like progress and you know a lot of it is out of self-interest you know he wants to do well himself he wants to get on his own two feet but he's taking them with them he's including them on the journey and he's treating them respectfully and bringing noriko and um the baby along um which i think is is is, is what fifth in these situations when you've got absolutely nothing you're absolutely destitute to then give someone else a home and to, to sort of focus on other people's needs mm. is uh, 90% better than a lot of people would would be able to do and be yeah. and and that's not even to to sort of shun everybody else but it's you know you're running on empty you're running on absolutely nothing and you're just a, yeah. looking to survive and they talk about like you know the money they will earn and the sort of the food that they have and it's so minimal and to then like have to share that and to work to keep each other alive it's in, incredibly like traumatic and um yeah. yeah, and I think it works, and and all this within the context of a <laughs> film where the big guy on the poster is a giant fire-breathing lizard. It's it's amazing that they can tell such a, a powerful story, and I think that's why this film is resonating so well uh, across the the whole planet. Really, like it, it got a release in Japan, which did really well, and it's had an international release now in the UK and the US and other territories too. And that run is now being extended, and it's now getting put up for accolade after accolade. Good. Um, and it's even in con like in the running for I think for a couple of Oscars wow, as well. Wow, that's big. Um, can I? Which is which is good on, stuff. On um, uh, Kochi's um, 
Is it Kochi? Yeah, I've said Kochi. On Kochi's um, moral positioning and things, can I ask from, obviously you're not Japanese yourself, but you live in Japan, you know a lot about the culture. Uh-huh. Um, what is the modern day perspective? You might not even know this, and so this might be um, controversial to even bring up, but the, the, the kamikaze sort of regime and the kamikaze approach, obviously he... Yeah avoids he, he pretends the very first thing that is sort of lo- looked down upon us in terms of a, from a japanese military perspective is that he was a um kamikaze pilot and he pretended that he had a fault with his plane yep. and flew to a repair base on an island an isolated repair base and that's where he first finds godzilla but we get this we we, we see that he has not got a problem with his plane and he just doesn't want to give up his life for this cause and we hear it echoed mm. by some of the by one of the other um, officers that you know we're, I'm on your side. There's no point giving your your life for something that is over anyway. Like we've basically lost. Um, mm. I, I just wondered, like, is that because we all we've talked a lot about Japanese culture and how it is the yeah. outward perspective is very different to what people think inwardly often. Um, mm. Have you got any thoughts on like what people watching this feel about that sort of thing now? I think it's very interesting, um, especially like your mentioning of, of of the current opinion on it, because at the time, what Koichi will have experienced and that idea of honor and the way that his neighbor treats him and the way that the various members of the military treat him and telling him that he should have died or he should have done his duty and he should have gone through with it for um, the glory of the Japanese empire at this time um, was what most people believed unless they were actually there on the front lines, like the the engineer who, who talks to him. Um, near but the, honor you know, and things are still a huge mm, part of Jap- Japanese culture, aren't they? They are, yes, but I think something that really moved me going to see this and seeing it in the cinema and it's not just me who's noticed this but even um i recently saw a tweet by hideo kojima who had gone to re-watch godzilla and noticing that there are people of all ages coming to watch this movie and are having the same kind of reaction to um koichi's story and i guess maybe to delve kind of into spoilers mm from this point just to kind of illustrate my point um often outsiders look into japan and think of it as honor bound and you must sacrifice and you must um do the the way of bushido the way of samurai this is integral to the way of being a a, a japanese person especially if you're a japanese soldier your duty is to your country and to defend and to give your life and if you don't give your life for it and you choose a coward's way out then you are not worth being alive and this is the mindset for a very very long time now spoilers again by the end of the film koichi manages to find a way to embody that and to take that sacrificial play and that duty and responsibility but find a way for him to also survive as well the way that they defeat godzilla involves him flying a plane that has an ejector seat attached Mm -hmm. to it and he manages to survive and I think something has affected the people who watch this movie in that no matter how old you are, whether you are a very elderly Japanese person or a young person, seeing that Koichi 
delivers but doesn't sacrifice himself and doesn't self-sacrifice in order to achieve his goals, but he relies on other people and he relies on outside help, I think speaks to where the Japanese mentality is starting to Mm. move to. I think there's a lot happening in this country at the moment in terms of um, work-life balance and happiness and birth rate and, and trying to find reasons for still working and trying to help the country and the old mentality of sacrifice 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 isn't cutting it anymore and for this film to come out and state it in such stark terms in this time period where this was everything to the japanese people is really affecting like i had a a elderly man next to me who was in tears by the end Mm. of the film and you could hear the sobs in the theatres of like people are actually genuinely moved by the end that Koichi survives and that he gets to go and see Noriko and he's got the baby with them as well. And I think even if it's just on a, in, a, in a pop culture sense, I think coming out of that movie shows that there is a bit of a shifting attitude in what some people, some Japanese people are starting to think of this idea of honour and duty. I think... Um, like, it's still very important, but there's more emphasis on an individual and an individual's happiness and yeah. future than there used to be. I, I think a big part of that will possibly just be peacetime um, and allowing mm. allowing thing, allowing those views to change as, you know, World War Two does drift further and further away from us on the timeline. Um, the, the ramifications of that things start it be, it becomes less and less apparent and therefore people can focus on the other side of things i think it's 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 so easy for a westerner to look inward uh, to look outward and sort of say this honor but this honor system is is too extreme and things like that but i think we've been incredibly sheltered um in terms of you know, even 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 during the war, you know, obviously there was a lot of destruction in Britain and um, Europe, especially. Um, but in terms of modern Britain, the lasting effects of that are very minimal. Um, America, especially, mm. the lasting effects minimal. Um, I feel like places like Japan would that would have much longer and deeper ramifications in terms of what people feel and how generations learn and those that it's it's easy to say that you know you're you're you need to think about the individuals and their 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 lives and happiness but when you're in the peak of war and you look like you're going to lose and your country's going to be destroyed and you've got things like atomic bombs on, 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 on the cards it's it, it, yeah you can, some, it, it, it's not I don't think it's too far of a leap to say, look, we need your, your, your happiness doesn't count at the minute. We need to just survive um, as, yeah. a, as a nation. Um, okay. And I mean, and, and just, just to cap <laughs> yeah. that off, like this is what Godzilla has always been about. Like Godzilla has always been, since his very first film back in the 50s, he's always been an analogue for the terror of atomic right, yeah. warfare. And this idea of never again, the idea of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, and he is an avatar of destruction, and he is kind of a a symbol of everything that's wrong with 
war and death mm. and destruction and and re- overreaching into this nuclear age. Um, Shall we? And that's a very powerful it's incredibly thing. powerful. And I think that that is, and I think that's really important to remember. As we then also remember that once he played basketball with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that he also fought the Justice League at some times. Like, Godzilla comes from a very, very powerful place, but he's also very silly. Mm. And Such he's become silly very silly. As, let's talk, as about, the, the let's talk about this movie properly then. So, um, the, uh, the, the atomic blast, the blue laser that oh. comes out of Godzilla. That is incredible. That, I mean, um, so good. S- Silence in my theater. Yeah. No, but like the second it went off, everyone was just like, oh, wow. Like I, this is one of the best atomic breaths in the, what's from the, I've so ever I'm seen. remembering the one where, um, where Noriko, um, gets blown away in the city. That one was incredible. Like what was the very first one? What did, what did it shoot? First one, he was. I want to say it was in the tugboat near the beginning, right. or like about about midpoint. I think we see the glow under the water, oh. and then there's just huge burst. Yeah. Okay. The, was that the first one, or was that the second one? There was another one, I'm sure. Where? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They were all incredible. The effects were insane. The the, I the love sounding. the way that his tail just like clunks yeah, down. Yeah, it feels very, very mechanical. Um, yeah. And it sort of pulls them out and then just, yeah, fires down these spines on his back, which all ignite in this luminous blue and this beam of destruction. And I like that it's not just a beam, though, because I think recently with um, Godzilla properties, like the American legendary one and Shin Godzilla... The atomic breath has been very distinctly a beam, okay. like this breath attack. And here it's like it charges up and it's almost like a shotgun going off because he fires it. And then like in the distance, a nuke goes off. Mm. Like it's not a consistent breath attack. He is causing maximum damage every time he fires that yeah. thing. And I love yeah. it. It's just... I know that I've just waxed lyrical about the nature of war and stuff, but a big lizard firing off a massive bl- energy blast. But you feel it's it. It's just you feel cool, it. Okay? It's so huge. And like when you, and and the after effect, that's what's terrifying because you just see mm. and you've seen it. We've seen it in stuff before, but this is on another level. Like I haven't seen anything where it feels so like impending doom. Visceral. Like it's just this huge explosion and then everywhere around just like gets covered and blown apart and it's the the level of destruction here is um is mighty like godzilla does not care godzilla loves this destruction element like it doesn't seem to he is mean yeah he is a mean boy and he does not seem to bat an eyelid at humanity's suffering he's actively like looking out like when he picks up the train and he moves towards the train that's incredible (sighs) like there's so many good godzilla moments here when he's oh, the following the water, like, but then he got the small scale when he's f- swimming through the water and they're firing at him, and then they're firing mm. the bombs and it blows up one of his the side of his face. Oh, his the face, God- and it, it just goes, and it just starts healing. Just the Godzilla action in this is top top tier. I loved it. Um, incredible. Like, um, I think, I'm not to steal your line, but we, this this was a fifteen million pound budget dollar budget. 
Yep, fifty million dollars um, allegedly uh, is what okay. it costs to make this. Um, notoriously, um, in Japan, VFX studios are, are kind of crunched. The guy who directed this also worked on the VF, VFX. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's possible that there's a bit of like a maybe a cost cutting or yeah. budget hiding thing there. But either way, this is nowhere near on the scale of like an American current movie. If we think of like Ant-Man recently was a $300 million yeah. movie. And this is, even if it if we doubled the budget for this, which is more reasonable, like $30 yeah. million, for it to look this yeah, good yeah. is insane. Yeah, it's mad. Um, so the, the, the Godzilla itself looks great. I love how it gets bigger, like from the first time we see him. Because when, when I first saw him, I was yeah. like, okay, so we're going for this sort of street level <laughs> street level street, street level, level Godzilla because <laughs> he wasn't that big um, obviously big but like you could take him down if you wanted to and then it, by by the time he returns really it. it's just <laughs> absolutely mahoosive and um, it's just just killing people left right and center like we see so many people die and then he starts tearing at buildings yeah. and pulling them apart and it's like knocking and around. we've got the reporters on top of the roof just like that's oh, so good. Yeah, they're, they're just still like trying to roll yeah. the camera. They're sliding down. Yeah, they die. They're not getting paid. <laughs> they, well, they're not getting paid at all now. Um, ah. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't praise it enough for the action stuff in this because I thought it was really, really, really strong. I loved how they linked the stories like um, Kochi, uh, Kochi and his uh, journey out onto the tugboat to do the mines and his, mm. his gun, his... Uh, is like um, his gun work on his artillery um, firepower that he could use this gun to destroy the bombs coming into yeah. play, and then like he, he he wants to run as well. Even the captain then wants to run. The captain does this like empowered speech of like, no, we're gonna we're gonna stop <laughs> this getting to Japan, and then he sees it absolutely, and he sees take... it he's like actually second yeah, let's go. <laughs> full yeah. power. Let's go, boys. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's um. There's so much. To, I, any, what else do you want to talk about, Sam? I'm, I'm rambling. I, I, I could praise it for so many different things. I guess um, all in good visuals, good yep. acting, good good music. Yeah. Music like when he first turns up in Ginza and starts sh- uh, wrecking the train and um, like destroying like everything in sight, and it plays the that's the classic Godzilla theme that duh. Dun dun like that like every hair on my body was like sticking up on end. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like something to be reckoned with. But I guess the only thing really left to talk about is uh the conclusion and I guess the final confrontation with Godzilla. So absolute ending spoilers here if you've not already skipped ahead or whatever. Um what did you think about their plan to take him down? Because like we said at the beginning, this is minus mm. one. They've got nothing to fight with. They don't have the military power. Not that that ever really helps yeah. when fighting with Godzilla. But this is a country that has nothing left apart from a few reserve tanks that they have left over from the war and some ships. And their plan to to defeat Godzilla is to sink Godzilla. Like, what did you think about that? Like, how did that play for you? So, um, mixed. I thought it was ingenious to do something that wasn't just... Let's hit them with a big bomb. Um, being creative around what they had at their disposals, I liked. Uh, I, I liked their attempt at it. All the way through it, though, I was thinking, mm. 
Koichi is going to be the one to finish it off. So we know this. So there was a bit sort of like, because it kept, it did the first thing didn't work. And then the second thing didn't work. And we knew that was going to happen because Koichi needed his, his ending. So regardless of whether yeah. Koichi survived or not, we knew that that was going to happen. So I, I don't, I don't know how invested I was in their plan. Cause it was, I just sort of knew it wasn't mm. going to work. Um, but I liked the plan itself. I thought it was an interesting plan. Um, Apart from one big gaping problem I have with this entire scene, Godzilla okay. is stood up. Oh, like this is so funny because I've seen so many things online of like how, like when Godzilla rises up, what's going on there? Is he just kicking? Yeah, his legs like really, he, really hard. He's seventy percent. Is his tail being he's a seventy percent out of the water? Like it, he was going to town underneath. He's, he is a duck paddling. As quickly as it can. He's the swan. Yeah. <laughs> he looks calm on the surface, but underneath the water. I mean, admittedly, he 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 is he is he is a thick boy. He is big un- underneath. It's not like he is a chunky boy. It, it, I mean, I guess you could argue that he's maybe like he's mutated to be buoyant, but okay. But but I then we know. get this. Then then we say we can't pull him up because he's twenty thousand tons or whatever. Yeah. He said the boats can't pull him up. I mean, ships are ships are heavy. Wait, yeah, true. <laughs> but they're sending it down. If he was buoyant, <laughs> then he'd come back up automatically. But they're sending him down with special gas. Yeah, balloons. Yeah. Yeah, well, tanks. Special gas tanks, yeah. and then they're going to rise him really quickly with the, with the... so that it just kills yeah. him. He gets the bend, basically. And dies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just uh, to me, he was clearly stood up. He was biding his time, and I just thought. Uh, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm looking at I'm looking at a, a picture of him now. He was probably mm. about half submerged. Yeah, he was maybe up to up to his belly. Yeah. I would say maybe just above his belly, his sternum. And I'm assuming Godzilla's need to breaststroke, but maybe not. Um, he has got a big tail, but it, when you're stationary. In one spot, unless is like you say, his tail is <laughs> propelling like underneath, like some sort of, um, yeah, reverse helicopter. I I don't. Reverse I, I, I'm finding it hard to picture what's actually going on under there, um, which made me just like question that everything. Um, and I was like, oh. they didn't have to do that. They could have just had him swimming around and ju- like sort of. Yeah, he could have just kept his head just like yeah, kind of poking yeah. up. But he's definitely way more intimidating when he's completely out of the water and charging up an atomic breath once again. I'm like, yeah, oh, I liked oh. that atomic okay. breath uh, distraction um, when they had the boat mm. and they still had... Ah, oh, when they send the, the, the decoy yeah, boat yeah, out yeah. first. That was so good. Yeah, and they still I was had... Like, how on earth are they going to do this? And it's like, oh, we just sacrificed... But they still had the shockwave and the sort of mini tidal, mini tsunami that, that attacks the rest of the boats that gives them a bit of a shake around. So it's like, it's not just... Because... That that's that was my initial thought. Like, yeah, the initial blast didn't hit you, but come on, like this thing is destroyed. Is there's yeah, more going on it's, here? It's huge. <laughs> um, I have to say, like the, the after the atomic blast in the uh, the city scene uh, with Koichi, I really liked that the like you get obviously the big blowout from the the initial explosion, but something that doesn't often get shown in like media like this depicting like atomic level explosions is that drag back effect where like everything gets pulled back into the center and Koichi's 
at this point he's in an alleyway between two fairly yeah, sturdy yeah, yeah. buildings and he is just getting ragdolled battered yeah. around he is getting ragdolled absolutely because he's just like the wind is dragging him back and he's doing everything he can to stay in this alleyway because it's the only safe thing he's out there he's oh, he, he, he has, he's not conscious of what he's doing at all he's just trying to keep keep from like bashing his head against the wall he is um and, and 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 that's the thing with um uh with with uh the uh, girl uh what's she called Noriko yeah it's that last kind of when we see her at the very very end it's kind of like what do you think what are your thoughts on that I like it because as an arc for Koichi it's it's good for him and but then there's the the implication that she's got radiation poisoning and that there's this whole new Kind oh, of where's the implication of that? that? He's going to have to go through. So as the camera kind of pans over her at the end, after they all kind of come back together, we see this oh, kind of this, like this black. I saw that. Yes, I saw that. Neck. I didn't. I, it mm. wasn't there long enough for me to sort of. But I saw it and I was like, "What is that?" I thought it was like venom coming <laughs> coming back. Uh, I I read it as radiation yeah, yeah. poisoning, but it full well could be. And they've been they've been playing with this idea for years of of human-sized mini-Godzillas. So there could be that kind of uh... read to it as well. I mean, my thoughts are this film has been so successful and is continuing to be successful and is winning all these accolades. My feeling is that we're going to see like a Godzilla minus 1.2 <laughs> yeah. or something like that. So we're going to see like a direct sequel to this maybe 10 years down the line. Because of course, the very final scene yeah, of yeah. this is that even though we've killed godzilla there was a chunk of him that was left and we see that begin to regenerate yeah. before the credits roll so on and and i wouldn't be surprised if they killed it here because they did the same thing with shin godzilla so shin godzilla ends with the the very heavy implication that there's going to be a sequel and then nothing ever happens right. with it so i would not be surprised if the same thing happens here where there is tease of a sequel and nothing develops but i think they would be ridiculous to not capitalize on the success of this yeah. movie and it's also called it's called minus one but the poster art is minus 1.0 is that just like a japanese yeah, exactly. way of writing the numbers or is that is that click is that is that sort of foreshadowing for a one point that's what yeah. I thought as well. I thought, mm, it's called Godzilla Minus One, but, I mean, you could definitely put a decimal there and do some sort of a sequel. And I think it would work. Like, I don't think you could keep pushing this version of Godzilla for a long time. I think you could maybe get a sequel out of it, maybe one more if you were desperate. I, I think it'd but be cool. Think... Do you know what would be really good? And, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy answer. Is to not follow these characters though, to shift to another, to tell Ooh. another story. Um, so you've got it's still focused on character, but we're not following these characters. We're following different characters in Japan, um, all about their lives, and we build another relationship. And it's it's there it's therefore yeah. new enough. And it could, doesn't matter if it's the same Godzilla then, because it's some it's a completely different narrative because we're following different characters. I'd like that a lot. I, and maybe, like, you could bring back, like, Koichi mm. as, like, an advisor or yes, somebody who... Yeah. He, he comes back in as a cameo. Yeah, like, yeah. as a... I, I fought the original... I lost Noriko to the effects of the of the mm. blast. And, like, you can have elements of that come back into the story. But 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think I, I, a completely fresh take for a Godzilla minus 1.5 uh, would be good. You, you're listening, Toei? <laughs> you listening? Of course. Japanese Godzilla makers? Yes, definitely. So uh, all in all then, yeah. coming to the kind of the end of our discussion on, on Godzilla minus 1, which has run for a, a bit longer than I think we anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what would you give this film out of... Uh, 10? Yeah, uh, I, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Would you recommend it? Um, Ooh, I thought it was really, really good. I was really impressed. Um, I thought the, the acting was phenomenal. The, the the direction was great. I thought I thought the, the character development was, yeah, really strong. Godzilla was great. Like, I'm just watching the trailer now and I'm just remembering so many good bits of, like, ships flying. Yeah. Like, when the ship, when they're, when they're going out with their plan and then Godzilla's just there, and they're like, "Oh crap, he's already at the shore. Oh, we wanted no. him to be in the sea, and he's—we <laughs> haven't even set sail yet." And there's a ship that just comes flying past their windows, just and blows barrels up. across, and then it's like, "Oh no, now Godzilla's in the countryside. What do we yeah. do?" <laughs> um, and you know, I liked the ending. I thought the um, the ejector seat was a little on the nose, like when he when he tells him about the fuel, he's got to release, he's got to pull this lever. Um, I thought that I genuinely mm. thought that was the the ejector seat like he was telling him to pull this thing to activate the bombs but in reality all it did was eje- it, it, it was, was the ejector seat and I thought he was going to do it unwillingly uh, which try to trick yeah him. yeah basically you know we know what you're going to do but we, we we know better than you but I do like that they didn't take the choice away from him it was still his, his choice to eject um, mm. because I think otherwise it, it's like well hold on a minute he's still living with that suffering he's still living with that and this way, it shows that he's accepted that he wants to live and things like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah um, really good. Eight out of ten. Brilliant. What about you? Um, for the past couple of years, I've said that my favourite piece of Godzilla media has been Shin Godzilla, Hideki Anno, love him to pieces. One of the most iconic atomic breath sequences like ever done. He used brilliant puppetry. Um, but this just beats it. Brilliant. Like just favorite godzilla yet in every way possible huh i and yes this i think this is my favorite godzilla piece of media that i have consumed i really i i love and i also love we can have this kind of multiverse of godzilla stuff where we get the dumb american version where he's next to king kong and they're sprinting through an underground cavern whilst he's glowing bright pink like a super (laughs) saiyan And then we can have this really like introspective and character-driven narrative from the Japanese studio that looks just as good and just makes you feel things. So yeah, I for me, I'd, I'd probably give it like a nine wow, out of ten. Nice. I think that this is this is great. I think everybody should go and watch yeah. it, support it as much as possible, especially if it was done on that kind of a budget because that just means that those people were so overworked and they, they just deserve to have their work like acknowledged and seen and for it to go back to them. So absolutely brilliant movie. Just a great time yeah, all around. Brilliant. Okay. Well, we're going to leave the main part of the episode there. Look, uh, let us know what you thought about Godzilla. Um, me and Sam are just going to have a quick catch up, a very quick catch up about what we've been up to outside yes, of Godzilla. Um, Sam, do you want to go... I said to you, I was like, should we record this week? Should we get back on track? Because I've been watching loads of stuff and I've been binging some bits. So much stuff. You Sorry? 
You said so much stuff. I've been watching. I'm planning <laughs> or I'm watching yeah, yeah. loads. I think was it your exact yeah. term? So um, I've I've got. I won't talk about everything, but I've got some things that I want to want to mention and sort of shout out. Have you got anything that you want to start off with? I guess big thing for me is I recently rewatched um, to to drag this anime podcast back to anime for a brief yeah. the briefest of moments. Um, I just rewatched all of Fate Zero, oh. uh, which is a a great jumping in point for the Fate uh, universe. Um, if you're interested in that, this is the show where. Uh, heroic spirits of famous mythologies are summoned to do battle for the Holy Grail, and uh, if they com- if they complete this battle royale uh, and kill all the other masters and servants, then they get their wish granted. And this is a is that what we watched? Prequel. T- we watched uh, a similar one. We watched Fate Strange That's Fake, one, yeah. which is like a spin-off, right, okay, yeah. uh, a more modern spin-off the plot of it. Sounds similar. Uh, this is a really good. Yeah, 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 and and honestly, we probably should have started there <laughs> instead of Strange Fake. Okay. <laughs> but Strange Fake was new and shiny, yeah, so yeah. we had to go for that. So yeah, I, I've been rewatching that, and I've just been falling back in love with uh, this world. I've been playing the mobile game a lot. I recently got a really good unit that I've been wanting for ages, um, and yeah, just this world and the the depth of the magic systems and the crossovers with other properties is just it's just mind bogglingly good okay. so i've been really happy to kind of go back to that and and watch it. and the animation's phenomenal as well it's by ufo table who did uh, demon slayer nice and they basically spend all of their demon slayer money adapting this really weird niche porn light novel from the early 2000s okay so fun yeah. thanks <laughs> ufo table <laughs> um, out, outside of that I was watching Doctor Who which I think you've yes we've well. both been catching uh, up on Doctor Who with the uh, Tenant um, yes, specials the new specials the 14 as he is a, a distinct doctor now and in all of the promo art he's turning up as two tenants alongside every other doctor oh right okay wow interesting mm. yeah mm. so he's a new tenant what, what, what were your thoughts on uh, that yeah, Did you yeah enjoy really it? enjoyed it it felt like um if it felt like Doctor Who, um, I think I think they are try. They've always been, especially the new gen stuff has always been. Always felt like it was trying to break new ground and try, and um, be, mm. um, as aware of uh, societal changes and things as possible. So there's um, there's trans things. There's um, um, you know, we've now got a black doctor, and um, we've just ha- we've just had a woman, a female doctor. We're tearing down the government for the third time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a, a whole episode, like the third episode, is all about um, like social media and social keyboard warriors. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's what if uh, everybody everybody thinks that they're right, but now it's not just uh, like confined to their screens. Yeah. Everyone's like actually doing it. What happens now? Oh, a plane's just crashed into the middle of London. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of it's a bit on the nose and almost like, do we need it? Or do we need it all the time? Can we? Can we? Can we have some a bit of normality? But episode two was fairly normal for Doctor Who. I think episode two was very mm. Doctor, very sort of just here's here's an adversary, here's a monster, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with it in a clever. The Doctor's trapped in yeah, a room. Yeah, we're gonna deal <laughs> with it in a in a clever way, in a timey wimey way, and yeah. I, I think uh, people have some strong opinions on all of that other stuff. I, I, whatever, who cares? Like, I think 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was like overly overbearing. I think the only issue that I I had with with any of that was at the end of the first episode. They just made this whole big song and dance about how like it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how you think. Like the Doctor can be anything and anyone. You can be anything and anybody. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's what makes people amazingly special. And then the very end of the episode is, oh yes, a male presenting doctor wouldn't understand that you can just let go. And I'm like, you just spent 20 minutes telling me that it doesn't matter if I'm male or female. Yeah. And then you just, you throw that zinger at the end. And that, and but other than that, brilliant. I think it was a great showcase of bringing in trans actors to play roles and like filling those roles well. I think that the the commentary was... No more on the nose than Doctor Who's ever really been, especially since Russell T. Davis took over back in like the early 2000s. Like it's always been very commenty on everything. Yes. Like Captain Jack was this epitome of like fetishizing gay culture when he first arrived and, and tearing that down and rebuilding mm. that and empowering people. And so I think we're just we're back, yeah. baby. It's Doctor Who. <laughs> It's back and it's how we all remember and let's just enjoy And I'm so it. excited for the Christmas one because like like we said off air, it just, just looks like D&D. It's just got pirate goblin. It's D&D thing. but with the Doctor. Um, and it's a Christmas special and just Christmas. Like I love the Christmas episodes like when they did Scrooge. Um, They're always so and good. They've done all sorts. It's, it's great. Um, it, it feels like it feels like a one shot, doesn't it? Like it's got that that feel it to does. it. It's just like how can we twist Christmas? You start off in a club, yeah. you meet your companion. Now she's on a ladder. <laughs> now they're a goblin. <laughs> yeah, and it all builds towards towards a big bad that has something to do with Christmas. It's um, it's great. Mm. Um, yeah, so excited for that. Um, great stuff. How about, how about you? What have you been so up to? So I've been, been I've been watching. watching I've watched the first couple of episodes of Percy Jackson um, and the Olympians, the, the, the new oh, one. I'm not sure yeah. why it's called the Olympians because it's definitely the lightning thief, the first book, but maybe it's just like, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Is this because they're planning to, maybe it's just running. like, that's the name of the series and they're just running it without yeah, mm. straight through. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but um, there's only been two released. They're releasing one a week and uh, Ooh, yeah weekly. yeah so I've, I've, I'm, I'm up to date and it's really good I want to say I had I had a really really good time I think there's some weird bits like there's definitely some criticism there's, they do a lot of black screening you know in like old um, black and white films where like they'd finish a scene and then it'd just fade to black and then it'd open up Fades again to black. yeah they do quite a bit of that and I'm like like Star Wars you know where they do like the weird yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it's just a bit like it just feels a bit old school and I'm not really sure why because everything else is quite modern and huh. but I, I I like it so far I love um the acting the the characters that you know goes without saying that the, at least the ages are more appropriate than they were in the the live action movie that they made a few years back because they aged oh, him up like yeah. 10 years um or seven I remember years the, the movie yeah was that the one where he uses like an iPod to kill Medusa or something. Oh God, I genuinely can't remember that. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, so re- really happy with that. Um, Great. It's funny. It's a good time. Um, How long is each episode? Like 40 yeah, minutes? Yeah, or yeah, about 40 minutes. Okay. Um, Great. What else have I been watching? I've started, I've, I'm, I'm fine. I've been on a big kick of... Go on that kind of mythology stuff oh right okay that that sounds like something i could definitely get yeah i think you'd like it i think it's i think it's good like a lot because i reread the book the first book 
uh, last year. Um, and I was like, right, I've reread it. I'm ready for the series. Je- Still holds up. Sorry? Still holds up, the book? Mm, I think they're adapting some bits to make it better. So, and, But this is mm-hmm. the thing. Like, Even though I read it recently, there's still a lot of the series that I'm like, huh, did it happen that way or did it not? I can't really remember how it relates that closely. But um, I, I, from my memory, and you know, listeners may have may, may say this is completely wrong and it's just my mismemory. But from my memory, I, there's the, the the stepdad character who mum marries is a, in both cases he's an absolute arsehole. He's basically sponging off his mum and um, drinks and gambles and steals from his mum to sort of like pay his drinking and gambling habits and stuff. And he's a real arsehole in the book. Um, Very, quite violent, I think, as well, like beats the kid and stuff a little bit. And there's there's quite, it's it's quite extreme in the book. Pretty dark. In the the series, they've made him whimsical. Um, Like he's a deadbeat. He's almost like... um, He's a deadbeat, but he's 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 almost like um, he's whipped as well. Like his mum's the one in control. Like she basically, she, the the, right. the the plot reasons for him existing is the fact that he's got such an aura around him. He shields um, the protagonist's sort of um, he, he shields Percy's Olympian blood from the evil out there. So like basically he's got a stench around him and it's such a strong stench mum got with him it hides in order to hide that so she so she's with him and it was always like oh i have to be with him because of this and he treats me rubbish and he treats me horribly but in this scenario he's just a bit of a loser and i like it because mum is in control mum's like tells him what to do and she's like he like gives a back chat and she's like uh hold on a minute and he he, yeah yeah she is like (laughs) absolutely in control and i love that because it makes it it just empowers her gives her more yeah, agency, yeah it gives her right? a lot more agency and power and um it, it's mm. also a bit more light-hearted um than um what is actually in the book and i think that was very dark and um stuff so yeah, yeah overall really enjoyed that was good it. no brilliant oh i'll have to give it a give it a watch especially since i've got a bit of time off now um I'll be looking for something to put on in the background. Mm. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. Uh, anything else? That I'll do. I've got, there are loads of things, but I'm going to do one shout out to Wonka because I watched Wonka last night at the cinema. Oh, yes. Tell me about it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, as I said to Musical. Yes, right? it is a musical. It starts off with a musical number right Ooh. at the beginning. And um, good old, I can't pronounce his name. Timothy, what's his face? Timothy Chalamet. 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 Um, he is... <laughs> I think he's great. I think he's fun. He's gorgeous. Like he's such a handsome dude. He he is such an attractive. And dude. he's got Honestly. he's got this almost Tom Holland aura around him, where like he makes everything look easy. High praise. Like um like it's his movements, and it's very Wonka esque. In like you know how um even in the sort of jovial scenes of Spider Man, Tom Holland has this sort of like skip around him. It's almost. It's, he's kind of bouncing yeah, around. Yeah, it's this set, like state. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's the Billy Elliot in him, you know. It's that sort of like every step. Yeah. It's the pantomime sort of um, esque uh, movements. And um, Timothy Chalamet, he does it great as well. And <laughs> and he's um, 
he's like skipping around and he, he, his stick, his uh, cane does the whole stand on its own thing all the time. And there's so many throwbacks to the original Willy Wonka and not the Gene, the Gene Wilder, Wilder one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, does he do a forward roll? Does he do a forward roll? Well, me and you have both listened to Weekly Planet. And according to them, he doesn't. I didn't. I didn't spot one. So I was hoping that you could. No, I, I, I wasn't watching for I it. Need I need to know because I didn't listen to that until after I'd seen the the uh, the, the film. No. Um, so I don't know whether he did a forward roll or not. But he does do other things, and there's a lot of callbacks and not not fan servicey. They they just feel a part of the movie, and they don't like. Right. Yeah, I think I think there's loads of good stuff in this. So it's it's not trying to cater too much to the old like the this Jim this is completely it's on like its own. You could you don't need to know to... anything from the old one. But if you if if you have seen the old one, like not to spoil it, but there's a, there's 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 music in there that like throws back and just even from oh. the very first thing, it's like. Like just just the keys, the like it's it's so good and it was a real feel good. Making me want to watch the original. Yeah, (laughs) I I genuinely think you would enjoy the new one. It's quirky, it's magical, it's flamboyant, it's over the top. It's 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 very pantomimey in like things just happen and like things are unrealistic and things. It's it's very Mary Poppinsy. I would say that it's very Mary Poppinsy in terms of what is. Like there's literally they they fly up in the air and balloon with balloons at one point, which it happens in Mary Poppins. Um, oh, well, Mary, Mary Poppins returns. Um, not seen that one uh, either, should but they? meant to be, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Mary Poppins Returns, great soundtrack. Uh, we listen to it now. Uh, Triple Little Light, fantastic, great track. Um, yeah, good. Um, Shout out. Love a musical, man. Great. So lots of stuff to think about and, and to watch over yes, this, uh, this, over this Christmas break. season. Okay. Well, um, I th- look, it's been good to catch up with you and it's been good to uh, finally, you know, shake off the shackles as it were and uh, dust off the uh, the microphone and uh, get yeah. recording again. But we'll get back into but we'll it. leave it there for this week. Let us know what you guys have been watching and what you recommend and what we should discuss on the podcast next. Um, We've probably got content for a few more episodes at different points because of the different things that we've been watching and blah, blah, blah. But uh, hit us up and let us know your thoughts on Godzilla and any of the other things we've discussed today. Um, Have a good Christmas. This may, depending on... mm, Depending on when we publish, it's probably going to be we'll see, we'll see after what we can Christmas. Do. We can maybe try and squeak it out tomorrow. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I'll, um, we'll discuss that off air. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see <laughs> you uh, probably after Christmas and in the new year. Take care. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.